your servant And I am listening Speak to me, Lord, speak to me Speak to me Welcome to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God presented to you by the Macarius Church Headquarters. This great teaching provides clear and straightforward answers for anyone desiring to walk according to the Word of God. Enjoy some of the most comprehensive and down-to-earth teachings as taught at the Macarius Church Headquarters. I am listening, I am waiting, speak to me. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. So talk to him and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Father, speak to me. Jesus, speak to me. May I have a time of fellowship, interaction, communion with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we love your presence. We love your house. We know that coming into your sanctuary makes a difference. We can relate to you. We can feel you. Your word declares that God you made us of one blood. All nations that we might seek you lest happily we might find you when we grope for you and we search for you so lord today you are coming through to us we are going to feel you in our hearts even as we feel you already in the service that we are not in an ordinary place that this is not an ordinary time but this is time spent with divinity time spent with god only to pray and say, Lord, say something to God. Commune with Him. It is important. It's a two-way thing. God speaks to you, you speak to Him. That we are in your presence, in this place, gathered to hear from you. Waiting on you. Waiting on you. Rabo Yes, Lord, out of the depths of your heart, cry unto him. Out of the depths of your heart, let it not just be, I've come to church. When we come to church, we first pray. Then after we pray, we sing slow songs. And after we sing slow songs, we sing fast songs. And after that, the choir ministers. But it's a time when you are in the presence of God. God touching you because you are reaching out to him. The Bible says, I draw nigh unto him and he will draw nigh unto you. And we draw nigh. We come to draw nigh to him. We come to draw. We come to, to experience God. We come to be in his presence. And we come to humble ourselves before him. And 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 be ministered to him by God, by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you, F. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Holy, holy, Lord, you are worthy. And I'm honored to sing your praise. 
hallowed be your name sing all creation all creation every nation every nation has its being by your word has its being by your word as it is done up in heaven as it is done up in heaven let it be done let it be done here on earth say let it be done here on earth let it be done here on earth we want to take it again this is a song to the father say holy 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 lord you are worthy Lord, you are worth, and I'm honored to sing your praise, and I'm honored to sing your praise. King of glory, King of glory, God Almighty, God Almighty, hallowed be, hallowed be your name, all creation, all creation. Every name has its being by your word, has its being by your word, as it is done up in heaven. Thank you, Lord. As it is done up in heaven, up in heaven, let it be done, let it be done here on earth. Let it be done here on earth. Sing, hallowed be your name. 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 Lord and Majesty, divine authority, divine authority, hallowed be your name, hallowed be your name. Lift your voice some more time as hallowed be your name, hallowed be your name. Holy, 
holy. Lord, there is none like you. Lord, there is none like you. Just sing to the Father, He's holy. You are holy, so holy, so holy. Glory to you alone. Glory to you alone. Sing one more time. Say you are holy. It's a simple song. You are holy, so holy. holy. Lord, there is none like you. Lord, there is none like you. You are holy, Lord. You are holy, so holy, so holy. Glory to you alone. Glory to you alone. I'll sing your praises forever. I'll sing your praises forever. Yes, Lord. Father, we have found where we belong in your presence, in your courts, in your tabernacle. Give us a grace to stay here all the time, to be in your presence, and even when we go away from the physical tabernacle, may we carry your presence with us into our closets, in our houses, wherever we are, in our workplaces. In Jesus' name, Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. And you may take your seats in the presence of the Lord. Yesterday at the Action Chapel International Prayer Cathedral, was a funeral service for Bishop Eddie's sister, Valerie, who was buried yesterday as well. And so Bishop Eddie is with the family at the Thanksgiving service at the Action Chapel International. And he sends his love. He's very comforted by the grace of God and sends his love to all of us here in this wonderful service this morning. It's good to see you, everybody here in this service today. Say amen. <laughs> well, a couple of weeks ago, maybe two, three weeks ago, I started sharing on a new season of church growth. And I said that it was based on the double mega missionary church, which is a very powerful book on church growth written, written by our prophet, our father, Bishop Dagwood Mills. And the first, if you like, installments were about mountain-like churches. And I was very excited to hear Reverend Stephen Wengam, General Superintendent of the Assemblies of God Church, when he came here last week, which was his first day of coming to this church, he actually spoke, he said, this will be, this, 
He says he felt like this church was like the Amos chapter 4 verse 1 church. Which was a mountain-like church. I don't know whether you, 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 you picked it up, but I picked it up because I was quite amazed that just the week before, we had been using those verses from Isaiah chapter 2 verse 2. Amos 4 1 says, now this word, is that Amos 4 1? No, sorry, it's not Amos 4 1. It's not the one on the mountain like church. I think it's Amos chapter 2. It's 1. Alright, no problem. But it's about mountain like church. And there's a today, I'm not preaching about mountain like churches. But I'm still talking about church growth. But I'm talking about one aspect of church growth which in which season we also are. And I'm saying this because in this season as a Macarius church, we are in what we call honor your prophet season. Amen? So, the title of my message is taken from the chapter um, 11 of the book. And it's called the Honor Your Prophet campaign. So that's, we're going to talk this morning about the Honor Your Prophet campaign. Time will fail me to tell you what a campaign is. But I'll just say briefly that a campaign is a series of aggressive activities. So when you talk about campaign, you're really talking about the war and military. You're talking about fighting. <laughs> yes, campaigns are not um, peaceful things, and you can't can't conduct a campaign lying on the beach or doing things like that. Immediately, you are doing something. So, the honor the prophet is a campaign. But what I really want to bring our minds to this morning is that. Think about the word prophets. I need you to think about the word prophets. And I need you to understand why we call it the honor the prophets campaign. I want to start from first Samuel chapter nine. Let's take verse twenty two, first Samuel chapter nine. Now, this is a story of Saul who's looking for asses. And he's searched. Let's start from verse 4. First Samuel chapter 9, verse 4. So this is Saul and his servants. Their father's asses are lost. Donkeys. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> and he passed through Mount Ephraim and passed through the... What's happening to your verse? There's some missing words. 
and of Shalisha, but they found them not. Then they passed through the land of Shalim, and there they were not. And he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they found them not. Verse 5. And when they were come to the land of Zuf, Saul said to his servant that was with him, Come and let us return, lest my father leave caring for the asses and take thought for us. So he's, Saul is telling his servant that, let's go back. We can't find the asses. Now our father will be worried about us. So let's go back. Next verse. And he said unto him, so this is the servant speaking to, may God give you a servant like this or a helper like this. He said, he said, behold now there is in this city a man of God. And he is an honorable man. Wow. So you see, already I want you to know that whenever you are relating to a man of God, understand that you are relating to an honorable man. I think so. You know, many of us will not have a problem when we say that welcome Dr. Yevuja. He's a powerful doctor. He, immediately we honor him. You see, one of the things that honor honor is respect. And when you honor people, you obey them. So if you went to Dr. Yebuja's consulting room and you were well dressed in your skirt suit and he, you had a problem and you told, oh please, in order to know what the problem is, I need to take off the, the skirt suit. <laughs> You you will have no problem with that. You because he's an honorable man. I mean, he, he's great in your eyes. I hope you understand what I'm saying. And I'm saying that when we come to relate to a man of God, understand this truth that the servant understood that you are relating to an honorable man. So that's why I find that. Many headlines. I don't read newspapers much. Or you know, you just happen to see. Oh, pastor does this. Pastor does this. And I'm telling you, it's a campaign of the devil to discredit men of God and pastors. I, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. It, his, the devil has a campaign as well to make sure that you don't see men of God as so great. That they are crooks, that they are this, they are this. When I became a full-time minister, one of my friends, he was a doctor. He stood with me on the car park near the medical school and said, What a pastor's a name power. It's like you have elevated pastors by 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 being an obstetrician guy in the court that said, I'm coming to be a pastor. You have raised pastors. I don't need to be raised at all. They are already honorable. They are already honorable. They are already honorable. And then he went on to say, All that he saith cometh surely to pass. Now let us go thither. Peradventure, he can show us our way that we should go. Beautiful. Clap for the servants. I like him. Next verse. Verse 8. Then Saul said to his servants, But behold, if we go, what shall we bring the man? For the bread is spent in our vessels and there is not a present to bring to the man of God. What have we? Wow. I mean, you can see that Saul was trained that if you were going to see a man of God, please let me put a disclaimer on this before. 
When I come to my office after, don't say, uh, okay, we have to bring bread. No, no, my wife bakes, my, my wife's a baker. She makes very nice bread, so I don't need bread. <laughs> I'm not, this is not a campaign for me to get more bread, please. My wife has very nice bread. I eat all the time. I don't even eat so much because one of my friends told me that if I eat my wife's bread too much, I'll become a full gospel minister. Full. <laughs> a full, full gospel. <laughs> He see, but he said, he said, he said, he said, the bread is spent in our and there's not a present to bring to the man. What have we? And look at what is seven. I think you need to be really clap for this seven because he's a nice seven. And the seventh answered Saul again and said, Behold, I have here at hand the fourth part of a shekel of silver. That will I give to the man of God to tell us our way. Beautiful. But you know. The verse I really want us to take something from is the next verse, which says, Before time in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, thus he speak, Come and let us go to the seer. For he that is now called a prophet was before time called a seer. Now, you may not know the difference between a seer and a prophet. That's not the point. This is the point. The point is that at a point in time in your journey with a man of God, you may have to cease relating to him in a particular way and start seeing him in another way. That's the point I want to make. Yes. You see, because they said, they said, he was called a seer before, but now he's called a prophet. Something has changed because when it comes to the church, somebody can just be doing the work of an evangelist. Is just doing the work or not? Second Timothy four, I do the work of an evangelist, but as he does it after a while. He gets into a gift. It becomes a gift. It progresses into a gift. Then it will move into a ministry. Then finally it becomes an office. An office means there are people now working for it. It's become big. I mean when you do outreach around, we don't employ administrators and other people. But the office of an evangelist that the Bishop Dagons is doing, he has office staff. He has staff. So, what I'm saying is that, brethren, as we relate to our pastors, as we relate to Bishop Eddie, as we relate to the Bishop Dagwood Mills, let us recognize that there's a point where you don't have to see him. You see, you have to see him as a pastor, but now you have to begin to see him as a prophet. You see, I'll tell you why some people, why I know that some people don't relate to their pastors as prophets. An example or something that they do. Let me not even go too far. I had a member who, she died actually, unfortunately. But before she died, they went to visit her. And when we went to visit her, her question was, are you now coming? 
apparently she had been unwell in the church and then she had stopped coming to church for a while then somebody took her to a place and said there's a prophet here and immediately I don't know whether he was a seer or a prophet or both he saw that her sickness was due to he saw the the cause of her sickness and she immediately became convinced that we her pastors were not seen oh you don't understand what I'm so, because when he saw he said, this is the reason why you are sick immediately she saw that ah my pastors there they just take even they even even they take books to preach they don't see anything so number one she didn't come to the church anymore and number two an offering she had never given in our church at the time those of us her pastors she went to give it over there i could never believe that she would give an offering like that give a huge offering there unfortunately she died you know, it, it wasn't you know so I am saying that it's about time you began to see that a man of God Bishop Eddie That's right. is a prophet mm, Bishop Dagomus is a prophet hallelujah. yes yes not only when you see not only when he sees something. A dwarf. Especially, I don't know why dwarfs particularly. <laughs> you know. So, one of the, one of the things which the servant said, which I want to emphasize in talking about you seeing your man of God as a prophet is that he said all that he saith surely cometh to pass all that he saith and you see Reverend Philip that is one of the cardinal marks of a prophet that what he says comes to pass some years ago this must have been 2001 I think so. When was 9-11? Was that the year? 9-11 was 2001. Yes. Bishop Dagon went to America. He went to minister in a camp called What is Your Life? He says that is the only camp or at least the only time. He was not those before the days of iPads. He says, whilst he was teaching, he began to weep. And his tears fell on the Bible. You know, Bible, paper Bible, if tears fall, you can't even read the words. Why was he crying? I believe that in his spirit, he could sense that some people were going heavily into debt by borrowing a lot. Now, that's America. Do you understand me? And the American dream and 
the economic systems of America and everything. But that's how the system is run. But he, as a prophet, was going to warn them. Or God had used him. Because, of course, a camp is about building churches. Is that not so? A camp is about building churches. So, when a person who is teaching about, teaching Christians about building their church and everything, like I'm teaching about a double mega missionary church, a mountain light church, and a season of church growth, and honor your prophets. If he veers into the area of finances and starts talking about them, a person who is spiritually sensitive will realize that, hey, a prophet is now speaking. Yeah. You see, a person who doesn't regard him as anything will say, ah, but what does he know about these things? Is he, a, is, is, is he an investment broker? Is he a finance? What, what, what he said? Didn't he say? Didn't he say he studied medicine in, in, in medical school and he has also learned the Bible and he's preaching? Why is he talking about, why is he advising us about what to do about our finances? But that's when you're not seeing him as a prophet. So that was the response of the people. And one of them even told him that about a short time after you finish this, a lot of us want to take big, big loans. The same things that he said they shouldn't do. Why? Because they did not see him as a prophet. And I want you from today, if all that today's preaching achieves is that you begin to see your man of God as an honorable man and as a prophet, the purpose would have been achieved. Thank you, Bishop. The purpose would have been achieved. The purpose would have been achieved. The purpose would have been achieved. If all we do in this first service is that you say, wow. Oh. Prophets. So that you honor the prophet that God has given you first by honoring his words and acknowledging his words and what he says. You see, so, so there's even the first um, point here in this chapter 11 of honor the prophet's campaign, page 62. Listen, it says, the honor the prophet's campaign will ensure that the church members have regard for their pastor. Then he says, to dishonor a, pe- a pastor is to disregard, ignore, and to neglect his wisdom, his thoughts, his revelations, his teachings, and his ministry. But you know, I, I want to stay on this theme of a prophet. So when when someone is a prophet to you, you do not disregard his words. Okay? Now, when someone is a prophet to you, I want to also bring this up that He is a prophet when you can be preserved by his ministry. Hosea chapter 12 verse 13. And by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt 
and by a prophet was he preserved. Egypt means limitation. Actually, Egypt, the Greek, the Hebrew word is Mizraim, which means limits. So, under the ministry of a prophet, every limit on your life will be removed in Jesus' name. Oh, yes. He said, and by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet was he preserved. Now, as a Bible student, I used to wonder, is this just an Old Testament thing? Do you get it? Because if you know a little bit about prophets, you will realize that the role of an Old Testament prophet is slightly different from the role of a New Testament prophet. Slightly different. Slightly different. One of the reasons is that the New Testament, in the New Testament, we all have the Spirit. So do say, we all have the Spirit. Do you understand me? In the Old Testament, only three people had the Spirit upon them. Number one, prophets. Number two, priests. And number three, kings. If you are not in that category, Charlie, we are free... You are just moving around <laughs> in the Old Testament. But now we all have the Spirit. The Bible says, as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And also, so you, you have the Spirit. All of you have the Spirit. And if you don't have the Spirit today, by the time we finish, you receive the Spirit by being born again. <laughs> Do you understand me? So I used to say, ah, so it isn't an Old Testament thing. You get me? Then I realized that no. In Acts chapter 11 verse 27, God used a prophet to preserve his people. I was amazed. So, in Acts 11, it says, In those days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. Next verse. And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit. <laughs> May God raise up Agabuses in our church. That there should be great death. Go to New Living Translation so that people understand what we are saying. Well, immediately you say death, some people don't know what we are talking about. And one of them named Agabus stood up in one of the meetings and predicted by the Spirit that a great famine was coming upon the entire Roman world. So it was a meeting, so it's a church meeting. They were worshipping. Then Agabus stood up and said, Hey, a famine is coming. Now, the writer, Luke, was careful to say that this prophecy was fulfilled during the reign of Claudius. It came to pass. It's not, it's not an empty prophecy. Next verse. So, the believers in Antioch decided to send relief to their brothers and sisters in Judea. Everyone given as much as they could. This they did, entrusting their gifts to Barnabas and Saul to take to the elders of the church in Jerusalem. Beautiful. Is there a next verse? Oh, that's it for that chapter. That's fine. So, brethren, what it is is that there were believers in Judea and Samaria. I want to explain the verse to you. Born again believers who would have perished in the famine, they would have died. But because a prophet 
And remember Hosea 12, 30 said, by a prophet, God brought Israel out of it. And by a prophet, was he preserved? God used Agabus to name, to predict this prophet, this famine. And say, look, because of that, let us send something to the believers in Judea and Samaria so that they will be preserved. So in the New Testament, God also uses prophets to preserve his people. And I'm speaking to you that may the influence of a prophet come upon your life. You see, because what the point is that you must receive him as a prophet. Jesus said one day that if you receive a man as a righteous man, you receive a righteous man's reward. But if you receive him as a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. May that prophet's reward come upon your life. It's Matthew chapter 12. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Beautiful. You know, in 19... Around 1914, before the first, first World War, there was a huge, there was a genocide. It was the Armenian genocide. Armenia is around Turkey. They were a Christian nation. They used what they called death marches, where they marched over a million people into the deserts. You know, Turkish soldiers went. Ottoman texts, who are Muslims, when they march you to the, when, when it's a death march, there's no end of the march until you die. You're moving. And if you, you are sick or whatever, they can shoot you. I mean, it's, it's a very, it was a genocide. They were wiping out the Armenians. In fact, Hitler apparently used it as an example and said, when nobody, when the texts were wiping out the Armenians, nobody spoke. So he too, he can also do what he wanted to do. Yes. But you know, it's interesting that a story has come out of Armenia that about 50 years before the genocide happened, there was a young boy who was a prophet. I mean, the, the account of the prophet, that prophet, they are very wild. Because he could go on vigils and pray for seven days and seven nights. In fact, he was 11 years old when he went on one of those prayer vigils for seven days and seven nights. 11 year old boy. He was illiterate. But when he came out of that vigil, he came with a map. He said that the Holy Spirit had opened his eyes to see and drew and he had drawn a map of a certain country and said in the future that village he was he was living was called Karakala he said in the future there will be great danger coming to everybody in that village of Karakala so the Holy Spirit had told him that at a signal that he the Holy Spirit will give all the Christians should move out of that village and go to this land hey can you imagine if an 11 year old boy who has not been to school comes and has a map and apparently the map he had was of the Pacific Ocean and basically these Armenians were to move all the way to the eastern coast of the United States of America. Hey, 
very well though. But you see, some people believed it. That's right. Some Christians, that's why, you see, that's why when the Bible says that, you see, in Second Chronicles 22, the Bible says that, believe in the Lord your God. And believe, and, and you shall be established. Believe. He said, believe in the Lord your God, so shall he be established. Believe his prophet, so shall he prosper. Somehow, God, God has made himself available to us. But he's also saying that there's another level or a certain step that you need a prophet to take you to. That is how he has done it. It's not up to us to, to, why, why doesn't God do all of it? Yes. So, about 50 years later, which was around 1904-1905, this boy prophet, who had now become an older man, 60-something, said, the spirit says, it's time to, to go. Yeah. No, no, you, you imagine it. You imagine it. I bet they go. Imagine it. You are settled in, where, where do you live? Nanakrum. You are settled in Nanakrum. A boy comes to you and says, look, Move. <laughs> Pack your things. <laughs> Pack your things. No, 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 no. You see, these people were established dairy farmers. I mean, with businesses. Sell everything and move from where you are. And travel across and go to the United In fact, the account says that when because this story is from a book called The Happiest People on Earth by Demos Shakarian, the founder of Full Gospel Business Fellowship International. Have you ever heard of Full Gospel Business Fellowship International? His, his, his grandfather, his grandfather sold everything and then put, they put it in the, and, they, and then they were, they were riding in wagons to go to leave the town when there was peace in the town. And he says, the inhabitants, oh, look at them. Look at these people. <laughs> what is wrong with them? Look, look at them. Ah, we have a certain small boy had a dream and then you are following him. As a, he says, he's a prophet and all this. Look at them. They, they laughed at them. But you see, what they didn't know was that about 10 years later, the, 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 the texts were going to arrive. He said, when they came, apart from the death marches, they would head a lot of Christians into a barn. And set it on fire. Say, if anybody who wants to reject Christ, he can come out. We will receive you. And the Christians will be singing in their bands and burning and dying. Yeah. 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 Hosea 12 13. You see, I want you to know that God can use a prophet to preserve your life. And by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet was he preserved. But you see, you have to recognize him as a prophet. That's why I said my first verse was that he who was aforetime called a seer is now called a prophet. He was aforetime called your pastor is now called a prophet. Relate to him as a prophet. Relate to him as a prophet. Number two, if a prof, if you are relating to somebody as a prophet, he can pray for you. Genesis chapter 20. Verse 7. Well, let's start from verse 1. Genesis 20 verse 1. We're just studying. 
how to relate to a prophet. How to receive your man of God as a prophet. Yeah. So Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwelt between Kadesh and Shu and dwelt in Gerar. Verse 2. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Jerusalem, sent and took Sarah. Verse 3. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man. For the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. Hey. Verse 4. But Abimelech had not come near her. He was just chatting with her. And he said, Lord, would thou slay also a righteous nation? <laughs> Verse 5. Said he not unto me, she is my sister, and she even she herself said, he is my brother in the integrity of my heart. And in no sense of my heart have I done this. Because he said, the girl is fine. Who is she to you? Oh, my sister. Oh, can I, can you work it out for me? So, cry. So, he's also taking her. Asomwa, his wife. Verse 7. Now, you see, when the, and God said to him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou this is in the integrity of the heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. Verse 7. Now therefore, restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, wow. and he shall pray for thee, <laughs> and thou shalt live. Wow. When you receive your man of God as a prophet, he will pray for you. And you shall live. I don't come by the grace of God and I'm coming to preach and Bishop Eddie is not here. I make sure I call Bishop Eddie. He should pray for me. He's a prophet. Don't travel. Church members who travel you are going to London. You are going to Wasser Cropon. You are going to this place. You are just gone. Hey, call your pastor. He is a prophet. He will pray for you. He will prosper your journey. Oh. One day I had a church member. He was moving into a job as a, a new job as a banker. He came to see me. Because he was relating to me as a prophet. He came to sit in my office. And he said, reverend or whatever I was at the time. This is a new job I've got. So and so and so and so. Lay down and I said, pray for me. And I prayed for him. Hey. <laughs> you see, that was his, if you like, turning point. He makes reference to that point. He said, look, because you prayed for me. That job, I became this, I became this, I became the top this, I became this, I became this, I became, you see, and you see, here you are, you also say that, oh, but you know, it's due to his banking, my banking acumen. Things I learned in the banking and finance sector. Certain tricks that I know about. Brethren, it's not about the tricks you have. It's not about what you know. It's about the influence of the Holy Spirit. Working through a prophet that God has given you, I'm telling you. See, I just remembered something. I'll say it and I'll go back to this. I remember because I used to work in a hospital called the Stoke Mandeville Hospital. 
Yes, in a town called Aylesbury. <laughs> in Buckinghamshire. <laughs> it's a new one. You think you know all this, but you don't know. <laughs> now, when my wife was pregnant with our first mom, I went back to that hospital because she was going to deliver there. I think we're living there. She was going to deliver there. And I remember asking a midwife. You know, sometimes the labor world could be chaotic. When you talk about chaotic labor world, it means that the women are not giving birth normally. Uh, If women are giving birth normally, doctors don't even get involved. It's midwives. But when this one has reached second stage, that the baby should come out, it's not coming. This one needs, I mean, all sorts of things are happening. And then this one has high, this other one has high blood pressure while she's in labor. And this other one has, hey. And one of the midwives said, when I went back there, one of the midwives said, she said, David, whenever the labor world was chaotic and you came to be on duty, a certain calm would descend upon the place. Yes. And this is not people I've been preaching to about the Holy Ghost and about no 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 no. So, so what I'm saying is that a prophet, a power, the Holy Ghost, he's at work. Oh. And you had better recognize because I know members and people who always call. So I'm going. Or even if it's at the airport, he will make sure that he, he like his hot pass, so he could do Or he sent a text, something. But you there, Charlie, oh, you are just moving. But you are changing from today. Oh, yes, you are changing from today. And you are beginning to relate to, you see, let us really learn from our brothers and Nigerians about honor. You see, let me say something that there's something you can learn from everybody. Oh, yes. There's something you can learn from everybody. People have things to teach you. There are things you can learn from Ghanaians. Hospitality. But sometimes Ghanaians, even our so-called respect and also, it's, as they call, found food. <laughs> We can smile at you and cut you. There are some people who they don't like you. They'll tell you they don't like you. But one thing I know about Nigerians is that the moment they see that you are a man of God and they are relating to you as a man of God, everything changes. Oh yes, everything changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. I don't know whether it's from their culture. Because Nigerians don't greet their father. This Yorubas, I'm informed. Don't greet their father standing up. They lie down. They lie down. Now somebody can say he's lying down in his heart, by in his in, in the body, by his heart, he's standing up. It's not about <laughs> you like challenge. I mean everything you want to oh. No. No, but the point is that. Something has influenced them from their culture. You see, you see, when we talk about Elimites and Egypt, I believe personally that's why Nigerians can have 
Dr. Polonitsky can have 100,000 people in his church. No, one day, Benihin was coming from on a flight. Nobody knew that he was there. But somebody leaked the information. And I think it was a flight to Nigeria. And somebody said, Benihin's first class. Oh, the man didn't sleep again for the rest of the night. Oh, I come to honor you. I come to honor People, you see, and they, they know. It's not the only way, but it's a way of honoring with your substance. Because the Bible even says, honor the Lord with your thy substance. So, it's a clear way of honoring the substance, your wealth. Say, so what? I've seen Benin today. I will not let him go. I'll go and sow a seed into his life. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about the brother who I prayed for and went into that bank job. Today he's oh, he's just flying high, and he remembers. So occasionally you just package Thank something you. and then. Thank you. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yes, because he believes in Second Chronicles chapter twenty verse twenty. This is Jehoshaphat the king. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah. Hear me, O Macarius Cathedral. And ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. Believe in Him. Believe in Him. Believe in God. God is everything. And a prophet will not be even a prophet without God anyway. But then he says, as you are believing in God so that you'll be established, believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. That word prosper is chalak, which means to break forth. I feel that there are certain people who are limited in this place because you are not relating to your man of God as a prophet. You have let him become a pastor, a good advisor, a counselor, an evangelist, but not a prophet. But today, you are going to be thrust forth. You are going to break forth. You're going to be released from limitation because you believe him as a prophet. Come mightily. You see, when you believe somebody as a prophet, one of the things you don't do is to rationalize and argue your way out. Oh, sit down. I'll give you an example. I had a member. It was Thursday before Good Friday. I think Thursday before Good Friday. Moody Thursday. I was in the Bible school conducting an exam. Oral examinations. Then she called me and said, Pastor, I am going with some pastors. She was my church member. We had, at that time, Easter convention with Bishop Dagod Mills. Starting on Friday. Or at least we are having meetings, I think Thursday, whatever. We are having meetings. And then she calls me on Thursday saying that. My member, eh, my friends, young pastors, they have a church. And they want to go and have a camp meeting in Kaswa. And I'm like, ah. But we are having meetings. Why? You see? Don't be people who are just somebody comes with, let's go. 
Let's go. Then you go. It's very dangerous. Don't do it. Please. Don't do it. A novice is somebody who is newly planted. Don't be a novice. Be firmly planted in your church. This is your church. It's your church. So I told her that, ah, is it because we are not have us? It's not a calm meeting. Like we've not called it a calm meeting and we are resting. That's why you feel that this is more powerful. So, Pastor, even as I'm speaking to you, I'm standing by the bus. I just wanted you to know that. You see, so she had made up her mind. You see, and nothing that I could tell her could change her mind. She made up her mind to go. <laughs> anyway, I, mean, I wanted to continue my oral examination, so I stopped. And then she, she left. This was Thursday. Sunday. Sunday. After church. I'm having meetings and I received a phone call. I mean, her voice, her, her, her number. Yes. Then when I answer the call, there's a cacophony of voices at the other, I mean, confusion. I said, what, what's going on? Then a male voice comes and says, oh, hey, this is your member. Um, please. And there's a little problem. We are coming to the church. I said, okay, come to the church. <laughs> come to the church. Come. <laughs> So they didn't come somehow on the Saturday. They didn't come, and then Monday was Easter Monday. I remember because I was at home, relaxed. Then they came. This member of mine with two young pastors who had come, and they said, um, "You know, when we were there, we decided to organize a deliverance session. <laughs> An experienced deliverance minister came. He came to organize a deliverance session." Then this girl was sitting a little away, and whilst the demons were coming out, I think one attacked her. So he, the pastor, the young pastor, was coming to tell me that this type of um, attack, we use midnight prayers to deal with it. <laughs> so I listened to them. I sat down and listened to them. Then when I finished, then I started to open the scriptures and I told them that, look, the reason why this girl was attacked is that she left her shepherdorial cover. So she was like an animal roaming free. And I told them, don't come and take anybody's members again to your meeting. When you have a meeting, go and do outreach and get people and take them. Don't come and take my members. And when I was speaking, one of them said, Man of God, as we speak, I could see the spirit of Bishop Dark. I said, oh, yeah. You saw the spirit of Bishop Dark. You didn't, you didn't see the spirit earlier to prevent you from taking the member away. No, no, I, 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 just, I just want to say that. You see, in the natural, you may be experiencing something that is a limitation. I said it the other day, that insects don't grow big because of a cuticle, an exoskeleton. It's what limits their growth. Otherwise, insects could have become big like dogs and cats. And, and uh, it will not be easy for us. <laughs> and I'm saying that in the spirit, whatever you are doing, I don't know what you are doing, there may be a kind of cuticle, 
a kind of limitation something you see but when you believe a prophet you are chalaked you are moved from that realm I believe that some people from today as a result of believing in your man of God as a prophet and honoring him with the necessary honor you chalak Let me share one or two more, and then we close for this morning. So the title is Honor Your Prophet, Honor the Prophet's Campaign. But you see, a person is a prophet to you when his word can mean life and death. First Kings chapter 20, verse 35. This is probably going to be the last point. Yeah. And a certain man of the sons of the prophet said unto his neighbor, In the word of the Lord, smite me, I pray thee. And the man refused to smite him. So in truth, he said, Bomasum. What do you mean? Look at the next verse. Then said he unto him, Because thou hast not obeyed the voice of the Lord. Behold, as soon as thou art departed from me, a lion shall slay thee. Hey. And as soon as he was departed from me, a lion found him and slew him. Wow. So do you think that if he had received his friend as a prophet, he would not have been alive. He would have been alive. See, that's what I'm saying. That don't think it's a little thing. Oh, you know, they come and give us good advice. Hey, no, it's on the word of God. Now look at what happened in the next verse. Then he found another man and said, "Smite me, I pray thee." And the man smote him, so that in smiting he wounded him. Hey, the man had heard of his friend. <laughs> Say, hey, I am not going to lose God. I'm going to slap you now. Your teeth will come out and they will take you. You regret that you, you asked me to hit you. Yeah. But the point I'm making is this. It sounds like a little story. Even the reason why the prophet did that was so that he would go and face King Ahab and give him a lesson. But the point here is this. Recognize when God has put a person in your life whose word can mean the difference between life and death. Years ago, I had Archbishop Duncan Williams say, a young man from another town in Ghana, he was a pastor, but he decided for some reason he was something. So I leave, I leave the ministry. Leave and leave. So he came to see him in a crowd and he told, he said, he said, he said, please listen to me. Don't act rashly. Don't just take a decision like this at this time. Rather, go and think about it. I said, no. As I'm leaving you now, I'm going to leave. Out. 
And you see, the living was had implications. So the young man took a car from Accra. He didn't arrive. Died by a prophet. The Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet was he preserved. May preservation power come upon your life today. May the power to chalak and move forward mightily to break out of every existing limitation come upon your life powerfully. As you learn to see your man of God as a prophet and to honor him and to relate to him as a servant that God has sent into your life. In Jesus name. Amen. Stand to your feet. Let's close. Yes, Lord. Pray about what you've heard. The Lord has spoken to you. Breathe on me. Breathe on me. Holy Ghost power. Breathe on me. Yesterday's gone. Today I'm in need. Holy Ghost power. Breathe on. Say, breathe on me, Lord. Breathe on me. Breathe on. Holy Ghost power. Holy Ghost power. Yesterday's gone. Yesterday's gone. Today I'm in Holy Ghost power. Holy Ghost power. Say rain on me, Lord. Rain on me. Rain on me. Rain on. Holy Ghost power. Holy Ghost. Rain on me. Yesterday is gone. Yesterday, today I'm in need. Today I'm in Holy Ghost shower. Holy Ghost shower. Rain on me. Rain on. Burn in me. Burn in me. Burn in me, Lord. Burn. Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost. Burn in me, Lord. Burn in. Yesterday is gone. Today I'm in need. Today I'm in Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire. Ben. Pray for yourself right now. Say, Lord, somehow I've underrated, underestimated, not related to the men you have given me rightly. But today, but today, but today, in the name of Jesus, Lord. I'm changing. I'm believing in you, my God, so I shall be established. And I'm in believing in you. 
and the prophets you have given me so that I may prosper. I may be pushed forward. I may be brought forward mightily. I may be chalaked, my God. In the name of Jesus, somebody pray this morning. It's your prayer. It's your prayer that is moving you to another level. That is changing your level right now in the name of Jesus. Palomo shebi andelebekaya. Iaba soteli mi ayaba bandelebekaya. Ipalomo shekali andelebebaya. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, you are here, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're not born again. But you want to say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus today. This is a beautiful opportunity in a great atmosphere to give your life to Jesus. If that is you, you want to say, Pastor, today I want to give my life to you. Raise your right hand. I'll pray with you. Only your right hand. Only your right hand. Only your right hand. And I'll pray with you. He said, Pastor, I want to give my life. God bless you. As you raise your right hand, that God has seen your right hand. And God, immediately you raise your right hand. He says, I will also not be ashamed of you. Jesus says, I will also not be ashamed of you before the Father and the angels. So if you have raised your right hand to give your life to Jesus, I want you to come forward boldly and come and give your life to Jesus. Come. Yes. Come. God bless you. Clap for them as they come. Yes. Yes. Encourage them. As they come, yes, come running to the mercy, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, God bless you for responding. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. That is your prayer, only that I am helping you to pray. So bow down your heads and say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I know I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. Please forgive me. Wash away my sins. Write my name in the book of life father i thank you for hearing my prayer today i'm born again say satan no longer will i walk in your dominion i have been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light father i thank you for salvation in jesus name amen hallelujah Thank you, Jesus. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall he be established. Believe in his prophets, so shall he prosper. Today, as you come to the Lord's table, I am prophesying an end of long-standing problems. Yes. A few weeks, not a few weeks ago, maybe months, I was in my office when a lady came. This very office. To the office. She looked very troubled. She said, I had 
What did she tell me? She told me I have a headache. And she said other things. I even thought that a little volume. I even thought that she had a financial problem. It wasn't financial. So I prayed for her. And she went home. It was Sunday afternoon. During the week, I saw her here. I didn't recognize her. I didn't know she was the same person I prayed. That was the first time I was seeing her in my office. But on the Sunday after that, she came back to my office. And when she knocked on the door and entered my office again, again, I didn't recognize her. Why didn't I recognize her? She looked different. She was a totally different person. In fact, I've forgotten her name. I'll find out maybe by looking for her pastor. But when she came to my office on the Sunday afternoon, this is the story she came to tell me. She said, Pastor, when I came to your office on Sunday, I'd had a headache problem for 10 years. Yeah. So I had, I had even when I came, I had that, that headache. But when you prayed for me, I went home. When I went home, I slept. And I had a dream. In the dream, I was fighting with a fat woman. So we were fighting. And she too, she was not so slim, but, you know. We said, we fought. And then the woman, the fat woman went up in the air. So wow, Chinese. He said, I also went up in the air. <laughs> and then as we fought in the air, the fat woman came and fell down. Then I woke up. He said, the headache that has been with me for 10 years is gone. I want you to believe. I don't know why I remember this story just now, but you see, there are some things that are long-standing. Sometimes they are so long-standing that you accept them as part of your life. But God is telling you today that no, as you believe in Him, the Lord your God, and you are established, and believe in His prophets, so you prosper. Today is the end of that long-standing problem. Lift up the body of Jesus. We predict, we prophesy, we speak, we declare an end to any long-standing problem of any nature. You remember today, Sunday the 18th of September, as the day that you said goodbye to that long-standing problem. The body of Jesus, eat it. The blood of Jesus. I really like to think of the blood of Jesus as a solution. It's so beautiful. It's a solution. What it means is that it will dissolve anything you put into it. Think about anything you would like not to exist anymore. 
in your life. Even maybe things in the past. But you wish they will never come up again. They will never be mentioned again. They will never be brought up again. Think about them. And put them in the blood of Jesus. To dissolve them. That they never exist anymore. Number two, as a solution, it also means that something you've been struggling with that you don't have an answer for. You see, because when you work out a mathematical problem, the last part equals the solution. You understand me? So, I'm talking about difficult things. I'm talking about riddles. I'm talking about naughty problems. I'm talking about things that you are finding hard to understand. And saying that today, as you take the blood of Jesus, it is providing a solution, which means an answer. Uh-huh. An answer. An answer. Lift up the blood of Jesus and say, This is the answer. Oh no, say it to come. This is the answer. Say, This is the answer that God is giving me for difficult problems, for naughty issues, for unsolvable problems. This is the answer. The blood of Jesus. Drink it. Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lift up your hands. Thank you, sir. The blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary. The blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power For it reaches, for it reaches To the highest mountain And it flows to the lowest valley The blood that gives me strength thank you that the blood has never lost its power we believe in the power of the blood that mysterious substance that flowed in Jesus's veins and today 2,000 years later we appropriate the power of the blood I speak the 
dissolution of every difficult problem in the name of Jesus. An end to things that we cannot grasp, cannot understand, have eluded us. We have not found a solution. Somehow, Lord, this week, may an answer come forth. May somebody be sent with an answer. May something we see bring us an answer. May a person we encounter bring us an answer. May there be an answer from an unlikely source. Home and abroad. In the name of Jesus. And Father we thank you. That just as the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years met you. And suddenly a long standing problem was solved. Just as the man lying at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. Encountered you and suddenly a long standing problem was solved. Lord, may today mark the end of long standing problems. Of whatever nature in our lives. In Jesus name. Amen. We believe you have been blessed by this powerful teaching from the Macarius Church headquarters, East Legon Hills, Accra. Stay blessed. I am waiting.